0: Excuse me, how is it already the last week of February? What? (laughs) We're two months in to 2020. I'm shook. It doesn't feel real. February went by so fast, but January went by so slow. I felt like January just dragged on and on and on. It was like February 31st for like three weeks. It felt like But we're here. We made it to February and we should celebrate. A lot has happened this month. This was a really big month uh, for my business because I launched the Pinterest course, which is incredible. I mean, I had already created the Pinterest membership, but I felt like I wanted to switch things up and actually make it a true course. And so with that became a whole relaunch and all of these things. So um, yeah, it was a really big, big month in the business. And I'm so grateful for every single one of you who, one, listen to the podcast. I'm always so grateful for that. And I appreciate you so much. Um, two, if you took the free mini Pinterest course that I put together, and three, if you actually purchased the course, all three of those options are great. I'm so grateful. Like I am always blown away that I get to do this. Um, I sometimes feel a little unworthy if we're being completely vulnerable and honest, um, but I really did put a ton of in you know, I put effort into everything that I do. And I feel like each time I create a new course or a new program that I just get better at it. (laughs) I don't mean that to sound, um, sanctimonious at all. I just, I feel like I'm refining a process and like getting into, new territory and just learning and expanding. I mean, creating a course is a learning experience in itself and then to actually put in content and do research about all of those things. So there's always, sorry, my phone goes off in like every episode. Um, I need to be better about that. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful that this course launch went well. This was a new process for me, um, a little bit more structured than how it usually is. So I'll be honest, I felt a little awkward, a little uncomfortable, really gumpy. Like I was like, what am I doing? Um, but I stuck with it and I'm really excited for the next course that I create. So the Pinterest free Pinterest course and the actual Pinterest course are currently closed for enrollment i may make them evergreen in the future i may open enrollment again um in a few months i wanted to keep it limited and i will probably continue to keep a majority of my courses really limited um going forward especially for the first launch the first rollout just because i want to keep it small And really be able to interact with the people who are currently in the course, establish a community. Um, If there's any adjustments that need to be made in the actual course curriculum, I want to go ahead and do that. So yeah, I just think it's always best to keep it small. I don't want thousands and thousands of people um, in my courses (laughs) to begin with because I want people who are actually going to utilize the content and apply it to their businesses. So I think when I am able to have a smaller number of people, I'm really going to target people who are going to actually apply the knowledge that they learn in the course, which is great. Um, So yeah, if you guys want to get on the the waiting list for the next time the Pinterest course opens up, um, you can send me an email to info at livingbreely.com and just let me know. And that way we can stay in contact and get you on the waiting list. If you guys aren't following me on Instagram, you should go do that. I'm just going to say it. My Instagram stories are pretty freaking funny. I think I'm funny. I mean, I, you know, I don't have a lot of talents. I can't really sing. I'm a horrible dancer. I'm not athletic, but like I can cook and I think I'm pretty funny. Those are like the two things that like I, I God had to give me something. <laughs> and those are like the two things that I'm like, all right, like I got this. Um, and yeah, I like I just like to share little behind the scenes clips from the podcast and behind the scenes of course creation which I did a lot of for the Pinterest course that you guys got to see if you're following me um yeah it's just a it's a fun time so if you're not following me my at my at handle my handle is living and I always include the link in the episode description and if you guys have been enjoying the podcast, thank you so much for coming back to listen to another episode. And thank you so much for just being here in general. It would mean so much to me if you left a little review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you will get notified anytime a new episode drops, which is every Wednesday, if you didn't catch the schedule. Um, so I've been doing this thing. I haven't been doing it. This is only the second month. I mean, let's be real here where I do a little monthly mixtape for you, which is basically recapping the month's episodes. And I got really great feedback for January's mixtape. Everyone said that they really enjoyed it because they were able to get parts of the podcast, like I'm just taking little clips. I'm not putting the whole podcast together because then it would be like super long. It would just be weird. That would be weird. I'm just taking little clips, like five to 10 minute clips from the month of February's podcast. And people were saying that that they were like oh like I completely forgot you said this or I learned something that I didn't listen to the when I listened to it the first time like I didn't pick up on um which I find myself doing that all the time I mean it's kind of like when you watch movies and you like are like oh my god that was such a good movie and like maybe two months later you you go back and listen to or watch it and you're like oh I completely forgot that happened or like this makes a little bit more sense now that I've watched it twice um and that's kind of what the feedback was for January's mixtape. So I think I'm going to keep this around. I think I'm going to do a little mixtape every month this year um, at the end. The last Wednesday of the month is just going to be a recap. So for today's episode, we actually have four, because I'm going to include the Pinterest QA that I did the last week of February because it was a bonus episode. Um, so these were questions that I got from my Instagram stories that you guys asked me about Pinterest, and I just answered a couple of questions and I got good feedback on that episode too. Um, the second episode is stressed out. If you're stressed out in your business, There are three steps that I like to take when I start to feel overwhelmed and stressed out. Um, The third episode will be five things to do before pinning on Pinterest. And the last episode is how to make money using Pinterest. So I really hope that you guys enjoy this mixtape. And if you want like a legit mixtape, I actually put out a playlist on Spotify every month of some of my favorite songs that I was am listening to, and I've done this for over a year now. So this is the second year that I've done it. Um, it's only available on Spotify. You guys don't need to pay for a Spotify account. Spotify is free. You just you'll get ads. Um, this isn't sponsored by them. I'm not affiliated with them in any way. I just have utilized the platform, and I think it's really great. And I love it. And I like to make playlists. I like music. I like mixtapes and so I put one together every month. So I will include February's mixtape in the, the episode description. You can always find it too on my in the link in my bio at Living Breely and you can follow my profile on Spotify and basically see other months past months um, mixtapes as well. So anyway I let's get into it. So here's a little clip from the Pinterest Q&A episode that I, the bonus episode that I put out at the end of February. These were some of my favorite questions that you guys asked me. The first one that I get asked the most often is, do I need a website? Do I need a blog? And I'm answering that question here. And let's get into it. So the first question that I get asked all of the time, and I think it's because a lot of people who are in MLMs, multi-level marketing or network marketing companies, don't always have their own website. And so the one question that I get asked a lot is, do I need a website? And the answer is yes. You need some type of website that is your own. I really wouldn't recommend posting your Instagram or your Facebook profiles or links to particular posts as the backlink to your pins. I really, really believe, and especially if you want to stand out in an MLM or network marketing um, company, is to create your own brand and your own content around the products that you're selling. I And I know that's saying a lot I, I have never been part of an MLM or a network marketing company. Um, I've always just kind of done my own thing, but I do have a ton of friends who are in that sphere and they all say the same things, the ones that are successful. They have their own websites, they have their own brands, they have their own platforms that they continue to build on. Um, So yes, you do need to have your own website. It doesn't necessarily need to be a blog. Like if you're a retailer or you're selling, like if you're selling an actual product, product. Um, that works really well on Pinterest, but yes, you a hundred percent need to have a website. Um, especially, I mean, you don't have to have a website if you're just using Pinterest for fun. Um, but if you're using it to build your business, your online brand, brand, your online business, you need to have your own website. And you guys, I, there, there's like literally no excuse to not have a website because there's so many platforms now like Wix, Squarespace. What's another one? Like there it's it will take you less than 30 minutes to put together a website. Um, it doesn't have to be anything fancy schmancy. Just get a website and you can it's like, I don't know, like 40 bucks. None of those companies are sponsoring the podcast, by the way. They should because I just gave them free like brand deals basically. Um but go get a website. It'll take you 30 minutes to put together. So in episode 126, feeling stressed out in your business, do these three things. I talk about an exercise that a mentor of mine had me do when I came to him crying one day because I was so stressed out and overwhelmed. And I was like, I have all of these things to do, and you just don't know. No. I am the Kim Kardashian meme of like her crying after her 72 day marriage to what was his name? Humphreys, Chris, uh, Chris Humphreys. Remember when they like shot that scene and she's like crying and it became a meme? That's one of my biggest fears is becoming a meme. <laughs> But anyway, um, that was me to my mentor at the time. And why he kept me on as a client after that is bewildering to be as least self-deprecating as possible. But, um, in this clip, I talk about the exercise that he taught me, and I still do this exercise to this day. In fact, I do it weekly. Um, but sometimes you know like it gets a little bit too much and then I have to do it again in the middle of the week so I love this exercise and I know that you guys will too so the first little tip that I have is stop doing things that aren't actually moving your business forward. This is probably the biggest shift that helped me with my stress in my business is I just stopped doing things that I felt like I should be doing and started doing things that I actually Wanted to be doing. So a lot of the times we get this like, I should have a podcast, I should have a YouTube channel, I should have a Facebook group, I should be doing this, I should that, I should, 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 and the list goes on. But the real question that you have to ask yourself is do you really want to be doing any of those things? And if the answer is no, then you need to stop doing them. Like, right now. So there are endless ways to build your business. You don't have to do something just because Sally Joe, on the interwebs told you that this was the best or the easiest way to do it. One of my mentors made me do this exercise, and I was so skeptical skeptical at first, um, but I actually continue to do this whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed. I did it this week when I was feeling overwhelmed, is he had me write down everything that I wanted to get done that day. Um, there was no limit or like any judgment. I just had to write out this list. And when I was done, he said, I want you to circle or highlight only the most important tasks, the ones that are actually going to move your business forward, meaning they are going to bring in revenue or expand your brand awareness. Um, So, uh, I mean, my list was rather lengthy. (laughs) So, I'm not going to share like exactly what it is and sometimes I do this like this is what I do every Sunday is I like kind of take a brain dump where I like write down everything that I need to do and then I go through and I'm like okay what do I actually need to get done like what is actually going to move my business forward and then once I have that list then I like schedule it all out but (laughs) I did this the other day because I just was feeling so overwhelmed and I had things on my list like Write blog posts for the week, create pins for Pinterest, edit webinar, load tweets into Buffer, which is like a scheduling platform, uh, respond to a brand pitch that I knew that I didn't want to work with, outline my next course. So I want to make a note, a little disclaimer here, that everyone's priorities are going to be different depending on how their business works. So when I first looked at this list, I began to categorize like what was number one what was number two, what was number three? Like if I could only get three things done on those li- on that list, what would those three things be? And the first was that I should outline my next course because that was what was actually going to bring in revenue. The second was writing the blog post for the week and the third was to create pins now look my business is centered around Pinterest and blogging so those are the two things that are the most important if you're more of an Instagram Facebook person then obviously like those things would take precedent but the first thing was like start working on the course start building that start outlining and writing it out because that's what's actually going to bring in money into my business so what was not important was Loading my tweets into Buffer. Twitter is not my main marketing source, so that was definitely a last priority. Um, Edit the website banner. So even though that was important, it wasn't a priority for that day. Um, Respond to a brand that pitched me but wasn't a good fit. Yes, obviously, like, I want to be professional and respond in a professional way, but it didn't need to be done that day. Like I could do that the following day or in a few days, like especially if I knew that I didn't want to work with them. If I did want to work with them, obviously that would be something that was going to move my business forward and was actually going to bring in revenue into my business. So that would have probably been something that was a little bit more important in that top section. But because I didn't want to work with them and I was going to say no, it wasn't a main priority for that day. So do you see the difference in these activities? When I looked at my list, it became really obvious to me where I needed to focus my energy, and it wasn't on the smaller activities. It was on the ones that were going to do one of two things. One, bring in revenue directly, because we could sit here and argue about how some activities might not directly bring in revenue, but might be, like, a it could bring in revenue in a roundabout way. Or to build awareness around my blog and brand so in episode number 127 I talk about the five things to do before you pin on Pinterest this was kind of hard to choose like a favorite from those five things because I feel like they all work together synonymously so I don't, I had a hard time, but I think the most valuable one that I talk about was inspecting your pin or looking at your pin. Um, I go over a short checklist of things that I look at when, before I even post my pin. So I did write a blog post. I write a blog post for almost every podcast episode um, that I put out and I feel like this one's super valuable, so I'm gonna link it in the episode description so you can also read it, because um, I, I listened back to it and I was like, I talk so fast sometimes, so sorry, I'm working on it. Um, but yeah, I feel like looking at your pin and making sure that it's ready to be posted onto Pinterest is super, super important. So that is this clip here so the third thing that i do once i've written the blog post and now i am creating pins and i usually create create between three to five pins per blog post um in the beginning so sometimes i will go back and create new pins for older blog posts if i feel that it's warranted like they're getting a lot of traction or it's something that i really want to promote in my business but I always start with at least three to five pins per blog post and I do a double triple check of my pin. So not just for spelling or grammatical errors, but also you want to make sure that your pin is going to be optimized to gain the most traction on Pinterest. So I recommend, I have like a little short checklist, um, Within a checklist, it's like inception <laughs> um, that I go through. So like the first is, is the pin a two to three ratio, which is a ratio that Pinterest recommends that my business brand website is located somewhere on the pin. Um, this prevents other creators from reusing your pin as their own, but it also lets viewers know who you are. So if they continue to see your pin, they're more than likely going to click on it if they're like oh this person's like posting content consistently and i keep seeing their pins they more than likely have something interesting to say Um, the third thing is a high resolution picture that doesn't look pixelated or blurry Uh, the fourth thing is don't use more than two fonts three at the most like you're really pushing it with the three fonts um use a large and clear font that is easy to read I always think in this case, go big or go home when it comes to font sizes. Um, And include a CTA, a call to action, or a hook to get viewers to click through and read the blog post or click on your website. So I've written a blog post about this podcast episode, so if you weren't able to catch all of those, I will link the blog post down below for this particular little checklist and you guys can read it, copy it, do whatever you want with it. And last but not least, is we'll talk about making money on pinterest (laughs) so money is important i mean let's just be real here i don't shy away from talking about money um because i think you know when you're in business obviously making money is one of the most important things that you're probably looking at your bottom line are you actually making money in your business or is this just a hobby so i talk about the different ways that I have made money utilizing Pinterest and how I continue to make money utilizing Pinterest. And I have a short disclaimer. I don't want to say disclaimer. It's like a clarifier that there's, you know, several different ways to use Pinterest to generate revenue in your business. And the ones that I discussed in that episode were just the ways that I use it. There are so many other ways and people will tell you there's this way and that way and their way and her way and his way. And, you know, everyone has a different way of utilizing Pinterest and that actually makes them money. And, and what I share in that episode, it's just what I've learned from my experience and my time on Pinterest. And I'm just sharing it with you guys. And like I say, and you know, any episode, I mean, maybe I don't say it, but my intention with every episode when it comes to business advice or certain steps that you need to take in your life or your business, I'm never like commanding you to do that. My intention is always to educate and to educate in a way that allows you to think for yourself and gives you space to think for yourself so you can make your best decision for yourself and your business, whatever that might, might look like. Like maybe you take a, a little snippet from one episode and completely disregard another one. I'm totally cool with that. So I just feel like I had to re- reshare that because there is so much information about Pinterest, about affiliate marketing and all of these things, um, on the, on the interwebs. And (laughs) this is just my way of doing it. If it works for you, that's great. If it doesn't, I hope that you find your answers somewhere else. So in this clip, I am talking about how I use Amazon affiliate marketing on my website to generate a stream of income. So three months into blogging, I signed up for Amazon affiliates, and at the time, this was the one of the largest affiliate marketing platforms or programs out there. There's several different ones. I can do an entire blog post and podcast episode about affiliate marketing and sponsored posts for bloggers. If that's something you guys are interested in, you can send me an email to info@livingbreely.com or Find me on Instagram at Living Breely and just shoot me a DM and be like, hey, I need your help. Um, so, yeah, that's because that could be an entire blog post in its own. Um, and it made sense to for me to sign up as an Amazon affiliate because I am almost daily an amazon user so it just made sense i was able to link products that i was actually buying and using and sharing them with my audience so what this means so like in the context of this blog post if affiliate marketing in this context, because there's a lot of different types of affiliate marketing um, in this context, is that if a customer were to click a link that you gave them and they purchased an item from the website, you would receive a commission from that sale. So this is like when you go into a high-end retail store, like here in America, we have Bloomingdale's, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus, a majority of, or like any, even like skincare stores, like Kiehl's, um, what's another one? Like, uh, i'm trying to think i can't think of any but just like any high-end retail store a majority of the staff that works there they're working on a commission base which means that when you specifically buy from them whatever the pre-tax amount is is they're making anywhere between like one to fifteen percent of whatever the sale that they make. So if they, if you spend $1,000 with someone, more than likely at the lowest, they're probably making $100 off of that $1,000 sale. Um, again, we can do an entire blog post on this, but um, this uh, Amazon affiliates really worked great for me in the beca- beginning because I didn't have any e-products or courses or service of services available. However, the Amazon affiliates did not supplement my income entirely. So, in fact, I actually just found this out. So, from June 2017 to December 2017, which is about six months, I made $57.93 from Amazon affiliates. So, and this was a huge deal for me. Like, I remember thinking if I just make $20 then I know I can like actually do this. And so, and I still feel the same way. Like making that first dollar in my business feels the same as like when I make a thousand dollars in my business. Like I'm still like in shock when that happens. So yeah, $57 is not a lot. I mean, it's a, a it's money, but it's not anything to, like, I wasn't able to, like, you know, pay my bills with that $57. And I'm not saying this to discourage you because there are so many factors that go into making affiliate sales work. It's, like, price point of the item, commission percentage. With Amazon affiliates, different categories have different commission percentages. Um, so, like, any type of technology blogger where you're selling like a $2,000 laptop or an a $800 camera lens, like you're getting a bigger percentage than like for what I was promoting was like an eye roller for $20, you know, or like a facial steam massager for like $25. Like you're not going to making a lot unless you're having like millions like the traffic is like in the millions so um yeah it just really depends on the like the traffic to your website and links and all of that and where they're and the links and where they're placed and all of that so this is where Pinterest really helped me because the more traffic that I was able to get onto my website The higher my chances were of someone clicking on one of my affiliate links and purchasing them So in this case, it really is a numbers game Um, They'll just make it simple So let's say you have a hundred thousand monthly viewers on your website if you can strategically place your affiliate links and when I say strategically I'm saying you need to be clear and make a disclaimer that these are affiliate links. I'm not saying be shady, but there is a way to place your affiliate links that's really important. So if you're able to do that in your blog post and let's say you get 10% of those visitors purchasing from Amazon, that is about 10,000 clicks, which easily translates into dollars if it's products that they're actually interested in buying. one more thing. If you love loved this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to my Instagram and tag me at livingbreely with you listening to this episode. I'd love to hear from you, see you, connect with you, and know which episodes and interviews you're finding valuable. For any courses, freebies, or blog posts mentioned in this episode, you can head over to livingbreely.com or check out the show notes below.